Hello, folks. This podcast, Bucks of America podcast, is being brought to you by several of our key sponsors and products that I use in the real world. This first one is brought to you by Veteran Innovative Products. Now, their product line is extensively strictly broadheads and a few other products. Now, the their flagship broadhead is the Veteran. It comes in at 100 grains, used for both compound and crossbow use, and it is one and a quarter up to two and a half inch cutting blade whip, and it's the first ever never fail mechanical broadhead. Now, just recently, they released the, another veteran, but much heavier. This comes in at 175 grains with the highest quality steel, making it dang near indestructible. And it also comes with practice points. Now, a couple other broadheads is their Atom, the Guillotine Broadhead, and the Hogalog. Now, you can find their entire catalog at veteranip.com. The next sponsor comes in from MV Outdoors and Hunting. See, their brand is built on strength, perseverance, and determination. They offer a full line of apparel and accessories. Their commitment to the never willing to accept defeat crowd. Check them out on their Instagram and mvoutdoors.com along with their Facebook page. And there's an exclusive code, exclusive code, can't speak today, guys. Use their exclusive code, Wise guys, for 10% off your entire order while supplies last for the time being. And all of our other products are coming from the Cajun Unicorn Designs based out of Louisiana. As you notice, there's a common theme of American-made products. Now, they customize everything and anything. She is a one-man shop, one-woman shop, excuse me, and she allows you to add allowing you to add to a taste of Southern to your lives, which is she makes a, a, a wide, wide variety of different things that she has broadened herself into. You can find her products on Facebook and Instagram. Pretty easy to look all that information up. Now, my favorite product is Cook's Fatal Attraction. Uh, now, this particular product. Now, what what has made his product so successful, Mr. Cooks, is that it's a CWD certified free deer deer herd. Deer herd. Can't speak today, guys. Now, another sensor carried over from the previous year, which is fantastic. Another sensor collected from early fall throughout the rut. So this way, it uh, has the highest concentration of pheromones. Now, there's they're 100% pure. There's no water or preservatives added to this and all bottles are they're they're all hand bottled and tested for freshness by their quality assurance staff now nice thing is all shipped directly to you and it's very fast shipping turnaround now the products i used this past year was dominant buck and i also use a certified doe or peak doe estrogen now that also what what I really enjoyed about them is that they brought bucks onto my property that I'd never seen before. And uh, we have one nicknamed Ma- Maverick. And that is my wife's buck that she's going to be going on getting after here. And uh, you want to find to find out more about this product because um, he was on, Rich Cook was on an episode of Where to Hunt Podcast, number episode 54. It's politely, it's adequately titled as Getting Inside the Buck Heads. A buck's head. Now, during this conversation, there they talk about scent control and scent attraction. And Erica interviews him to go over all the stuff here. Now, all their results are proven on Instagram, so check that out. And you can see their entire catalog at cooksdeerscent.com. 
And our newest sponsor of the podcast is Easy Cut. Fantastic product. They make saw, extension, uh, clippers, and shears along with it. They have been around for a long period of time. All American made. I've tried several different products out there. And they're, they're good for use, but they don't have the longevity that's necessary. And I was first blown away when I found the product at Cranfest in Warren's, Wisconsin, here a few years ago. And I've been using their product for a period of time. And then this year, I decided to apply for the pro staff position. And I won it. I got it, which was fantastic. And I highly recommend their product. It is something that I will always use. And the blades are very high quality, very sharp. And the patent technology is is worth watching. They have plenty of YouTube videos and such to check out. So please check out them, support them, and everything else like that. Now, this podcast is pretty special. I sat down with Mr. TJ Haug, that is a representative with the Backhunters, Countries, and Anglers Wisconsin chapter. This was a lot of fun. We recorded this podcast during the Wisconsin Deer and Turkey Expo in Madison, Wisconsin. It was absolutely a blast to sit down with him. He's very passionate, extremely knowledgeable. And uh, without further ado, folks, here we go. So how long have you been with the uh, BHA? So um, I've been a part of the organization. I joined a little over three years, about three years ago. Okay. Um, and jumped on the board probably about two and a half. Okay. Um, and just uh, happened to know, you know, people who were, who were working on the board. I had run into them at an event. And, okay. Um, they had an opening, and they said, "You want, uh -huh. you want on?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "Hell yes." Um, you know, this is it's an organization when it popped up. You know, I heard about it through through the podcast um, type world. Yeah. You know, you got your Newbergs, you got your Renellas, you got yep. these. Um, and Hal Herrick, he's the one that runs the. Hal official Herring now runs that one. It wasn't yeah. up yet, but yeah, he's. I'm I'm caught up. I listen to every episode that drops because he is like the way he captures the audience. Like yeah. I like listening to a man. Yeah. And he especially when he spends like a lot of time up here in the upper north. Uh, Midwest here because he did he sat down with um, federal right. um, the pheasants forever like you just and then also went from the boundary water it's always a pleasure listening yeah. to him yeah I mean Hal's Hal's awesome on his mm -hmm. podcast and so um, I had heard about it and it was um, certainly the message spoke to me especially yeah. we were planning a planning an elk hunt out in Colorado uh -huh. me and my old man my one yeah. of my best friends um, and another another buddy of ours and um, and so you know just you, going through the different podcasts trying to get ready for out west hunting and then you hear about um the public lands issues that they have out there true um and then i so i immediately joined the group i was like yes this this speaks to me right and i've mm -hmm. been around uh, my old my old man worked for the wisconsin department of natural resources for almost 40 okay. years okay um and so i've kind of been around that world and I've, I've seen a bunch of different groups um mm -hmm. and this one mm -hmm. is, is the first one that really just grabbed jumped up and grabbed me um and i said yes i i need to be a part of that and so true we um Joined up, mm -hmm. got on the board, yeah. um, and it's just been um, a sprint ever since, man. It's been uh, I, I was 
jumped into the public policy chair role after I joined the board um, and, and kind of ran our policy section. Mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. uh, January 1st, I, uh, I stepped into the chair, the state chair position. And so that's awesome. So yeah. what, what is the role of the state chair? Uh, so state chair, right? Like I'm just kind of steering the ship a little bit. We've Fair got uh, we got a lot of irons in the fires. We've got our policy stuff going on. We've got our, our hands on conservation work that Bryce Schmidt um, heads up. I got Noah, mm-hmm. Noah Wishaw and, mm-hmm. and Liz Baker, Jeff Gerard helping us out in the policy stuff. Awesome. Um, you know, trying to keep all the different wheels moving. We got we had um, we had guys like Zach Zach Scott, mm-hmm. um, who's here at the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Frank, mm-hmm. Joe Joe Stefan. We've got just a a great crew of people who who, who care about the issue. And so it's um, you know setting up events, right? Trying to plan out your year. It's it's going to these meetings, right? So I was uh, I was down all day on Thursday. Um, okay. I met with Secretary Cole, the Department of Natural Resources, mm-hmm. um, as did a couple other members, and then we met with uh, a bunch of legislators to to hammer some issues that are going on as far as you know it's it's in here in Wisconsin it's uh, it's budget year. Okay. Um, so yeah. we're trying to hammer out the budget there. Um, mm-hmm. Some things that we feel weren't weren't addressed appropriately in the governors, and so we're trying to go through the legislature mm-hmm. um, to get mm-hmm. those addressed and, and and talk to the DNR staff and. Um, you know, it's so it's a it's a big policy time, you know. And we're also coming up on workday stuff, so Bryce is working on getting stuff like that set up so members can come out and and really do the hands-on work that we need on those public lands to make sure that they're um, they're not getting you know wrecked at those you know parking spots, mm-hmm. um, doing the mm-hmm. habitat work. They're working on clearing a full tree line to kind of open that up and increase that yeah um, that grassland type habitat where mm-hmm. they're at there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the projects for the uh, the Goose Lake Wildlife Area is going to be putting in. Uh, um, like a wheelchair access duck blind. Okay. Um, you know, so there's just you're you're punching in a lot of different directions because um, it's all important work that needs to be done. Uh huh. And so, um, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm the guy who kind of just um, tries to meet with people, tries to talk to people, let them know that uh, you know we're we're here for our public lands and our public waters and our mm-hmm, wildlife, mm-hmm. and you know, and work on those issues um, with a bunch of the other board members. And so, you know, I'm just kind of overseeing overseeing things they're the ones who are who are doing a lot of these um you know tackling a lot of these tasks and so um you know i'm more i'm more i'm more showpiece i like to think of myself as the eye candy more than anything (laughs) (laughs) well you you are rocking the red beard it's like it's it's not very many of us can pull off a red beard yeah so i've got uh i like to think of it as more like a lion's mane i've got some i've got some brown (laughs) in there it gets real long like those Mm. blonde highlights uh you know i get my full uh full Simba on uh, if I can yeah mine's the same way I got a little bit of everything but it's like now it's starting the grazers really starting to come through oh, yeah. so it's like you, you you add one or two kids in the whole mix and it gets a little stressful yeah me and me and the girlfriend got a house last year and so the graze I've definitely been starting to notice more uh-huh. she blames hers on mine I just blame <laughs> mine on everything else that's going on but you have any kids no kids not yet um, that's awesome no kids not yet I got a couple nieces first one's gonna be coming out turkey hunting with me oh, uh, this, this spring I'm excited she's five and she pretty much just told her mom she was going turkey hunting with this spring, and I said, "Absolutely, we'll take you." That's fantastic. Yeah. So, what what do you what's your impression about how get recruiting recruiting more females into the outdoor world? Um, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's just a kind of a it's a new time, right? And mm-hmm. um, it used to just be, you know, certainly when I grew up, like it was a full male hunting group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we just got to, it, it's shifting the. Uh, the focus for the, you know it shouldn't be you know uh-huh. I don't like I don't like to treat the hunting you know hunting weekend as like the boys weekend getaway even though sometimes uh-huh. like me and my hun- um, college buddies like sometimes it is that way but uh-huh. um, you know I think women have a passion for the outdoors just as much as men do mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think they've just kind of you know it was we're at a time now you know where it's not 
boys do this and girls do this. It's you can do whatever you want. You should be able to do whatever you want. The so gender roles are what you're pretty much saying is like they're all kind of it's all become blurred together. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it. I would. I think it's one way of looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's. Um, look, it's you evolution. You want to go hunt? Come hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you want to go outside and you want to go hike? Go hike. You want to go mm-hmm. fish? I mean, there are some absolute rock stars um, in this state, female-wise, who are, um, you know, they could they could probably make me look pretty pathetic when it comes to hunting and fishing. Well, yeah, Certainly fishing. Yeah. I'm terrible at fishing, but... Um, I'm pretty decent at it, but it's like, yeah, it's like um, my fiance that you ran into. She's got a bow. She likes to hunt. Yeah. She likes to fish. She likes to do everything. So we, it's a, it's a competition, and uh, we go hunt, we go fish with my old man. And it's like it's you got you got yeah. you talking to a man that's got like fifty some plus years of fishing experience right. underneath underneath his belt. And so when I'm fishing with, him, it's like he gives me that he gives me a big grief. But it's like now since she's part of the family yeah. now, she he, he dishes out too. But she could take it, which is great. Well, you know, it's it's, it's finding those. You know, um, you, Liz Baker on our board. I mean, she's she's new to the hunting world. Um, uh-huh. but she's she's brilliant. She's uh she's a doctor. Um, she does a lot of our, our uh, looking at the research and breaking it down for us and like mm-hmm. CBD type stuff. Um, but you know, it's it's also having those women in you know speaking up and. and re- doing the recruiting as well so uh-huh. like we're going to have our, our state rendezvous june 1st in the mead wildlife area okay um and we're going to be um doing a doing a full like women's in the woods panel um we've got mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. sky good who she's she traps um a ton yeah um and big in the the trapper association um we've got jen becker who's done just amazing hunts she's gone to these train to hunt mm-hmm, events um mm-hmm. she's She's a, she's a rock star. Um, Emily Eel, she uh, she actually works in the R three department for the Wisconsin DNR. Wow! Right, and so she's she's actively figuring out um, finding ways to recruit, and especially you know, recruitment wise, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a certainly a different time. Mm-hmm. Just taking your kids hunting hasn't you know over the past thirty years hasn't necessarily mean they're going to be hunters for the li- you know their, their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are coming to the sport because. It's a way for them to know where their food's coming from, right? We're 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 much more conscious about mm-hmm. that type of stuff and I what we're feeding our families. I think uh, Steve Ranella has been a big role in yeah. talking about like showing people how to to yeah. really cook it and make work yeah. make really good worth out work worth out of the meat they actually harvest. And with with his efforts, has just been leaps and bounds in the whole community. Yeah. Like I know for some of the people that I've cooked for, never liked venison before, but it's like it all comes down yeah. to the person how you prepare it, and it's like I've had people absolutely hate venison, but they love how I prepare the food for them because yep. you just you just you just take the time when you work with the meat, and you just like yeah. anytime I work with a piece of venison, I put like 20, 30 hours worth of energy into it. Most of the time, it's just setting and waiting, like brining the meat or yep. doing or uh, um, getting it prepared for smoke. But yeah. either way, it's it's they get a gr- gain, a, gain a greater appreciation for it. And then when it comes down to hunting season, it's like they're they're like some of them are actually thinking about like going out and buying a tag to go out and do it right yeah and i mean that's that that's been i think a real big hook as far as trying to recruit mm-hmm. new people is it's these new adult hunters right and yes. so um and that's and that's awesome i think mm-hmm. that's the group we need right those people are going to be active um you know they're making this decision it's not just i'm going taking along with dad mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. or taking along with mom it's going to be um no i would I want you know I, a lot of them already have a connection to the outdoors, but yes. no, not necessarily hunting. And so, mm-hmm, um, and they mm-hmm. recognize it. You know, I've been a part of a couple of different learn to hunts uh, as a mentor. Um, there was uh, like a learn to hunt for food turkey hunt I went on, uh, where I was, you know, took a guy out to our, our family chunk and he and he dropped a turkey and, you know, his whole thing with it was, you know, he didn't know if he liked hunting or not, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but he figured he wouldn't knock until he tried it. And so he came out and had a great experience. Um, last two years, we, we've been part of uh, BHA itself, uh, thanks to Lucas Olson, um, who's a board member. 
um, he's been heading up and, and uh, we put the funds out to basically buy a bunch of um, bunch of bunch of bows that people can use and we've been running mm-hmm. to learn to bow hunt the last two mm-hmm, years mm-hmm. Um, and again so it's you know they're those, those people who have done maybe a, a couple years of hunting yeah um, so that it's not a whole um, brand new thing but it's their mm-hmm. first time bow hunting and mm-hmm, and going mm-hmm. out with those people and telling them what they're looking for mm-hmm. um, it's generally it's people who have been through other learn to hunt programs right so now okay. they're delving into different areas of the hunting world and, and really finding out you know what what is their niche right I mean obviously this is you know you guys are all about um, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a it's a deer hunting podcast, right? Well, Generally, my podcast is all about outdoors. I yeah, have, yeah. We, my goal is to bring everybody all walks of life right. into it. So whether you hunt, you fish, you ski, anybody yep. that utilizes the outdoor resource, Absolutely. I want them on here because I want them to be able to feel comfort co- talking to us, reaching out and and pointing them in the right directions. Like last week, I was down in Florida, yeah. uh, talking to a Bassmaster tournament or yeah. uh, uh, tourney, tourney guy down there, and he gave yeah. me a breakdown of, like what's going on with their a wildlife down there, their their acts, their clean water acts that they have doing right. that. It was a really eye opening experience and how much role that the the, yeah. that the people put into legislation right. when they build all these new developments. Because come to find out, when they give these retention ponds, you can fish all of them as long as it's not posted for that. And then on top of that, too, they keep they have, it's mandatory that they remain stocked to maintain the reduction of the population of the mosquitoes because okay. they want to keep yeah. it from being they want they want to keep the tourism coming through but also make it pleasant for the residents that right. live there as well yeah and so like you know i think uh, that's a great way to look at it right mm-hmm. um anybody who enjoys the outdoors is somebody we can you know as, as hunters can talk to like mm-hmm. we you know and, and and really that goes to what i think um you know back to the original question like recruiting women re- recruiting anyone yes. um to hunt right is, is you find that common ground mm-hmm. and when we cut away some of the uh the macho bs that Mm -hmm. sometimes you know has um we like get into maybe our hunting group stuff like that Mm -hmm. you know and and you get you know you're focused on the hunt itself right Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it's me going out with my dad it's me going out with my buddies Mm -hmm. um taking my niece out right Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. it's those times in the outdoors right where it's quiet you've got time to think um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know a, a sunrise or a sunset in a tree stand, whether you saw a deer that day or not, it's better than working. It's, it's, it's gonna, is, is you know, like it may, it may, you may have not seen the deer you want to see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that sunset can can change your whole attitude on the day real quick. Oh yes. Um, you know, same similar with seeing those sights from mountains out west, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. boundary waters over a glass lake, stuff like that. And yes. so, you know, when we talk about, you know, we we recognize that. Um, we do care about these animals, mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. do care about the wildlife, and we do care about the outdoors and our public lands and our public waters, and, and we want those healthy. Um, you know, that's a whole different conversation um, that people can connect with who who feel those same ways, yes. but don't ha- d- but haven't experienced it through through the hunting lens, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when you're having those type of conversations with people, um, you find common ground a lot lot easier, um, I find, anyways. And and and, oh, I, yes. and I love having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, quite frankly, like I can understand, like an, I can even understand like an, an anti-hunting mindset, right? If mm-hmm. you grew up in a family that didn't hunt and you love wildlife, um, but something, you know, somebody in the hunting community has given you a bad taste about mm-hmm. hunting mm-hmm. Um, and you're seeing, you know, you're just seeing, you know, all you see is somebody who has killed something that you love and that, you know, brings an emotional response to you i can see how somebody gets in that mindset right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. i grew up in a household where we had that same appreciation for the mm-hmm. wildlife but yeah. we also hunted 
and and we under you know we we got that you know that that next level of of, of intimacy Appreciate with that yeah, animal you. right like you're t- there's there's observing wildlife and there's interacting with wildlife it's mm-hmm. observing nature and being a part of nature and mm-hmm. that's w- that's that's what i love about hunting mm-hmm. um is that you know I, you know if i'm in a tree stand I'm, I'm i'm sitting there pretending to be a tree right yeah time slows down and you're thinking mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and squirrels are moving around birds are landing and you're just sitting there trying not to um be a standard human being right like mm-hmm. you're just trying to be a part of the natural scene yes um and, and put yourself back in back in the outdoors and, and back where um you know our genes kind of connect us to and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know that's it's bringing out the the inner right. um carnivore ourselves it's like yeah. the, the adventurer because we're, we're we yeah. like adventure that's what absolutely we're and plus most anybody that loves the outdoors loves talking about stories whether you're hiking or hunting like yeah. i have a friend of mine out there he does out in uh, colorado doesn't hunt d- yeah. or anything like that but he loves running out and out back out in the mountains and range gotcha. he just loves doing it. it's like I'm, I'm, i want to want to keep talking to him it's like hey why don't you throw a bow in your hand yeah. and you got yourself an opportunity and to go out there and really appreciate it yeah too. And, and you know what if you don't that's cool too mm-hmm. yeah exactly. you know if, if, if it, you know i'm not saying hunting's for everybody no um you know it and it doesn't uh-huh. it doesn't need to be but i think they can appreciate it more when they understand that you're seeing the same things they're seeing mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. you know you're seeing some other things but yes. you've got those same common grounds mm-hmm. and we do more damage when we try and pretend that we're different than other people um in the sense of you know Oh, we we're the ones who really understand everything mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. no, you, you see it like yes. I, I, I like you don't hunt, but you see a lot of the same things I do and you appreciate them the way I do. Yeah, and we like just do these picking up, up litter right. and uh, getting volunteering, cleaning yeah, up the man. ditches and such, cleaning yeah, up the, the, the rivers, the creeks, the streams. Yeah, and that. it's it's crazy and, uh, on how we we really all that all affects to us because I mean, I just came up from Illinois and I'm looking out their 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 highway system and it's like there's just debris all over the place. Yeah. And it's like we need to get almost a chapter down there to be able to make sure there's people out there cleaning up this stuff because we don't want this to ruin our future generations because right. we poison the earth that's we're, we're going to kill off our entire civilization. And the Il- Illinois just started a chapter out down mm-hmm. in Illinois. So anybody who's down there should uh, should be looking them looking those boys up and signing exactly. up. Exactly. That's why I got into the into into uh, BHA cuz I was um Minnesota boy, I, 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 yeah. I spent most of, um, a lot of a lot of my uh, youth there in Minnesota. But when I found out, like I found out about BHA at a paintball event in Lakeville, uh, Minnesota, okay. where they're talking about the boundary waters and the fracking. Yeah. and it's like, and I, and I sat there, and it's like I, I, I only only he- briefly heard about BHA through those guys, and it's like I immediately signed up for it because yeah. it's like that fracking deals tons and tons of damage to the wild, and on top of that too, it it could just destroy the area. Yeah, so it's, it's not, it's, it, yeah, so it's not fracking; it's mining. Mining, oh, um, mining. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it, it, it would be um, it would be mining, but basically, where these minings are, like a headwaters of, of the boundary waters, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's. Mm-hmm. Um, we were here with Canoe Kopi hanging out with uh, the Save the Out Outdoors, or sorry, Save the Boundary Waters campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, Levi Lexfold, um, great dude, super knowledgeable, mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. and BHA is a part of the Sportsman's for the Boundary Waters campaign, and you know it's it's like a two minute walk from where this mining lease is held right they aren't currently mining it but they own the rights to it mm-hmm. um two minute walk from there to an entry point and the way the water flows there like it's it's the south side of the boundary water but the way the water flows there it actually flows north right and so okay. um this type of mining it's never been done without any type of contamination okay um and as soon as water so if you get any kind of rain that hits that mm-hmm. um it turns into sulfuric acid Ooh. Yeah, dangerous. Not really great for your for your uh, your fish, um, your streams, your 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 boundary waters mm-hmm. up there, mm-hmm. and and so 
um, those lakes they got going up there. And so we're not anti-mining. We're saying there's certain places you don't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's certainly an important issue um, that hopefully um, there's, some, there's some movement on to be like, no, this is the, just the wrong place for this. Mm-hmm. You know, and the company is doing it isn't even an American company, right? They're going to just there, – there's potential for some, this some major impact on the, on the country's most used wilderness area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's a Chilean mining company. Um, so they don't, they're not used to the EPA that we have up here to protect that stuff. I, just, I, just, I just don't think that a company that's based out of the, uh, out of the United States really cares about mm-hmm. what damage is done to our wilderness areas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so just just don't do it there, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. real simple. Like, you can mine, just don't do it there. And I think it's their only mining list that they have in the entire U.S. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things like, no, this is just – just not a good idea. Fair enough. Yeah. No. Do you have any uh, projects that you're working on this summer? Like what you're spearheading, or at least heavily involvement in? Yeah. So BHA, um, we got a, we got a number of stuff. Um, so we've adopted a wildlife area um, that Bryce is overseeing. Okay. Um, and so we that, that that's hands-on conservation work. We've kind of covered that already. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then so there's some state-specific issues. Uh, 2005, uh, Bill got through that outlawed crossing railroad tracks right yes. this is huge in, in lacrosse yes it area. is yes it um, is really along that mississippi riverway where those railroads run up and down the river there mm-hmm. um and it basically said you can't cross the tracks unless it's at what we deem a designated crossing mm-hmm. and about 134 regularly used crossings um could no longer be used as a result where people would cross over um mm-hmm. and these railroad tracks throughout the state bisect 121 different public lands Oh, wow. And so if I'm standing on one side of the tracks and my other side, you know, my, my favorite hunting spot, my favorite fishing spot is 50 yards across those tracks, mm-hmm. you know, and I got to, mm-hmm. all I got to do is cross 10 feet of track here. Um, I may have to walk miles up to hit a designated crossing and walk miles back mm-hmm. to get to that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a huge access issue, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got you mm-hmm. got to be able to access your public lands and your public waters. You know, if you're going to put in a kayak or canoe to go fishing along mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that Mississippi River way, um, or just want to go duck hunt along that. Yeah, Trumpelos, um, we're we're we we have that yeah. throw player right there, and it's like if you want to get across that, good luck because yeah. it's like you have to go out of your way, and then like on top of that too, if you want to use a kayak or canoe, you're also competing with bigger boats, and it's like that's dangerous because yep. like those waves get going, and it's like you tip right over, and like there goes a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, man, here. and like you know. Tra- you mentioned Tremplow area, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Solway. I don't know if you're familiar with Kenny Solway. I have not met him yet. Have you? But you're aware of him? Yes, I am yeah. aware of him. So, so Kenny, the last river rat man, mm-hmm. guy. I've, I've, I've met the man. I've, I've been to his Big Lake shack. Mm-hmm. Um, just an incredible human being who, who made his life on the riverway, right? He made uh-huh. his life on public lands, public waters, trapping. Uh-huh. Um, and and so, you know, these are these are important. These are these are important traditions that people have had in those areas. Uh-huh. I mean, ice fishing along the Mississippi Riverway there, it's right? huge. And and so a lot of those access points were lost, where people would just go, you know, go on, and they were knew, knew they were going on good ice. Well, now mm-hmm. they may have mm-hmm. to be going down three, four miles to use a public crossing, or mm-hmm. they're going to be paying somebody to try and cross yep. um, through a through a private spot. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, they may be going down three, four miles to hit that public spot, and you know, walking across bad ice, um, and that's that's a that's a deal that's that's good for no one. Exactly, and getting back into some of the spots, you, you almost need an airboat. Which uh, there is a few there in Lacrosse that uh, launch out at some of the uh, the points there and drives back and such. But you then you have to contend contend with the lock and dams, right. and you really don't want to be dealing with that. So you have to really be creative with it, and then you don't want.
All right, so yeah, so getting back to those crossing areas, I mean, it's the yeah. you're just going through the the triple O area because it's like you, like I was telling you, we uh, we end up losing you lose all that access to it. Yeah. Like I said, it's like we we only have a handful of airboats that go back up at some of those places right. there, and we don't dare risk a snowmobile going up into that area right there. Yeah. It's so so treacherous because you never know whether you're going to have overflow or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's so st- it's so dangerous. Yeah. And so that is one thing that's kind of been I kept my ear to ever since I heard about this um, when I f- when I first moved to Lacrosse yeah. in 2015. And then it's like I've been seeing the articles and like I had a friend of mine up in Green Bay didn't know about all this stuff. Right. So I sent him a bunch of articles about it and he got really upset about it. So now he's going to get himself yeah. organized with it. Cause yeah, he man. And so and so you know we're that's 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 a big one for us to tackle. Um, mm-hmm. And and. That's been on our radar since we formed. So we formed as a chapter in mm-hmm. about three. You know, we're entering our fourth year now. Okay. So we've been around for three years. Um, mm-hmm. So that obviously that it happened in 2005, a while ago. There was a push in 2015 by by a number of groups and the, a bill that would have reversed that. Okay. Um, and passed through the assembly, died on the Senate side for whatever reason. Never made, never made it. Never got a vote in committee. Never got to the Senate. Yeah, because you got BNSF there, and they're they're they yeah. they have a lot of money, so it's very difficult to go oh, against right. that money. So yeah. BNSF uh, runs a lot of this, this area throughout here, so that's what makes it right. difficult. So once if we can get them to get them on our side, it's like how do we do this? Like what legislation do we need to put in there? It's like cross your own risk. I feel that the cross your own risk is more beneficial because this way, any of us that's going to be going across, as we know, it's yeah. like we're only going to be on there for like thirty seconds, and we just want to get across, get to our point of access, and we're going to be out of everybody's hair. Well, and there's there's an argument, right, that it's a public safety issue mm-hmm. um, to cross those tracks, and and the numbers just don't support that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not people going to hunt and fish and crossing these tracks that that get hit, right? Your biggest your biggest areas where where you have accidents are are these massive cities throughout the United States mm-hmm. of America. Very true. And in Wisconsin, um, you know, unfortunately it's, the reality is most of those, mm-hmm. any, most of those incidences um, on railroad tracks are a result of people intentionally trying to, try, trying to take their own lives. It's, yeah, from a suicide right. is, it seems and, to be a and, high. And, uh, and, and so like that's, that's, that, that's your biggest issue, right? So mm-hmm. you, the numbers don't support this, this issue that it's um, a public safety, mm-hmm. from a public safety standpoint. And for a hundred years before that, people were able to cross those tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got these, mm-hmm. they've got these, uh, these easements on public land, right? It's not, they, you can call it a private property issue. It's not, mm-hmm. um, right? That that's, they've got, and they've got carve outs for people who have private land that go on either side of those tracks. Those people can cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we all own those public lands, mm-hmm. right? That's that that pe- that piece of public land is mine as much as it is yours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're going to tell me I can't cross these tracks to get to the other side of my property? Mm-hmm. You know, um, as a public landowner. We, we don't support that and mm-hmm. so um, we're working with uh, with Mark Schultz and the lacrosse area conservation um, Alliance mm-hmm. um, okay. out of there um, as well as Wisconsin Wildlife Federation and George mm-hmm. Meyer mm-hmm. Um, and, ho- and hopefully we can get some steam behind that get that brought back uh, you know get that brill like brought back up and do it would over. be a, would be a problem yeah, I mean, you know any, anybody, anybody who's who, who, who wants to step up let's and join us let's do, do it. it you know it's mm-hmm. like you said um, railroads have a lot of money um, but it's still America, and people's voices count. Mm, and so, um, let's raise those voices up. Let's make ourselves mm-hmm. heard, and, and let's get let's get those laws changed. And so, you know, that's the railroad one's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then uh, it's Wisconsin, and so um, CWD is an issue, and yes so that's a, that's a big one for us. Um, you know, chronic wasting disease popped up in 2002 in Wisconsin mm-hmm. um, and has spread now in, in in the states it is about uh, I think it's 24 25 states yes 25 25, 25. Yep. when I was when uh, um, Doug Dern and uh, Brian the the head project manager I can't remember the gentleman's name last name 
what's what's Brian's last name? He was on Rogan's podcast last fall. Brian Richards. Brian Richards. Th- Brian Richards. Is there we go. Incredibly uh, that, smart that was, human being. That the, the prions was was the, the whole hour or two hour podcast was just yeah mind blowing about how how important it is to pay attention to that because whenever I see Bryce or anybody or Doug Dern or Patrick Durkin mentioning anything about the yeah. CWD, I want to post it online because I run the Bucks of Wisconsin webpage and it's like I just want everybody just to get bombarded right. with this information. So one moment it's like they're gonna click and it's like I should right. really pay attention. And and, and you know so it's uh, two thousand two it pops up um, and. Still, still is kind of like Brian mm-hmm, is. Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard Brian discuss kind of like a novel disease, right? People don't know a whole lot about it, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and people are looking to. Um, and so, when the DNR comes out with its, its recommendations, there's, uh-huh. a, there's a lot of pushback from, especially from the hunting community. Yes, um, which is somewhat understandable, right? It's a tough. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bitter pill. Some of these stuff is, you know, it's 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 tough medicine. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But since then, a lot more research has been done. We know a lot more about the disease. There's still a lot that needs to be done. Um, but I, I haven't read a scientific article um, or any reporting that has said no. It's no CBD is fine. Like everyone just confirms, you know these these issues and and, and mm-hmm. a lot of it um, that you're seeing from other other states' actions and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it saying yeah, the DNR was actually kind of right in, in what their recommendations were. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, mm-hmm. and we've kind of been sitting back now for. Um, you know, we're sitting at what 17, 18 years, sixteen yes. years. Yeah, um, where, where we've done, you know, we we really haven't fought back on on, on CWD, and we've really just watched it spread throughout the state. Yes, um, it's spreading those areas where it first popped up. Those prevalency mm-hmm. rates are getting huge. I happen mm-hmm. to have family twenty um, that I hunt on, um, where that area, the adult bucks, so two and a half years and older, um, the prevalency rates are fifty percent. Wow. And so to highlight that, right, mm-hmm. me and my buddy go out for our, our fall weekend, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. rut hunt. Um, and him and I, whenever we meet up there in that time, we always share a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm sitting on one side of the tree. He's sitting on the other. Okay. I shoot a two-and-a-half-year-old buck, um, snort wheezed him in. So I was like, well, I've never done that before. i got to drop him. Okay. Um, and that's about noon. Okay. We get back up. We swap, swap side of the stands. Okay. Um, he shoots one right at. And end of season and end of shooting light there, two and a half year old buck. Um, he, you know, it's one weekend to come down and, and hunt our area, so he okay. he's got two kids now, and so time's limited. And he's yes. like, he goes, "Yep, anything, anything's good." Rocks mm-hmm. him two and a half. He's actually bigger bodied, healthy deer. Um, right, mine's negative, his is positive. Okay, that's that's two two and a half, two and a half year old bucks out of the same tree on the same ridge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the same day. And we hit that 50 percent mark. Wow! Um, and the, the the gun buck I shot the year before um, was positive as well. That was a stud deer, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. big bodied, looked healthy as could be. That's a positive deer. Um, yeah. So it's 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 certainly impacting, you know, me personally, but it's impacting everybody personally. Um, and so, as a state, we've just kind of had this. Let's sit back and and wait, right? And as mm-hmm. we're sitting back and waiting, yes. all we're doing is sitting back and watching it spread and spread and those prevalency rates increase yes um you've got deer you know you get these 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 shooting preserves mm-hmm. you know where mm-hmm. you guys are paying for these you massive know the, racks yeah these, these 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 massive racks that um you know unnatural um mm-hmm. in many appearances but right these people are paying these things they have cwd known on their facility they're still being allowed to operate, right? And, yeah. they, and these are, and those are, that's all the way up north. Mm-hmm. They've got that's these shooting true. preserves. Mm-hmm. And so all it takes is one deer to get out of there. 
um, or you know, if with the single fencing, deer's con- you know regularly checking in with the de- mm-hmm, with, with mm-hmm. the with the wild herd through the fence there with their noses, and now you've got it in your wild herd up north. Now it's making this massive jump. So you're seeing it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. these these man-made um, or these human-assisted transfers of this thing to spread the disease into a bunch of different areas. Yeah. Um, and you know, science is showing out west in, in Wyoming, right? You hit a certain high prevalency rate. It's having impact on population. It's driving those mm-hmm, down. You're going to mm-hmm. see that um, in some of these areas if we don't do anything in the next five to ten years. You're mm-hmm. going to see that herd decline. Yeah. Um, and so if the herd's going to decline um, as a result of the disease, why aren't we doing anything? Get ahead of it. To get ahead. To, to get ahead of it. Let's get let's get some stuff done. And unfortunately, Governor Evers didn't include anything in his budget on that. No, he didn't. Um, and the legislature who has sat back and not done anything for a while, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, pointed to him and said, why didn't you do anything on CWD? And so hopefully they're going to step up and do that in the budget. Yeah. Um, and and, me, and uh, me and a number of other leaders of organizations um, mm-hmm. had talked to his transition team. So he was aware of this. Okay. Um, like he's aware people want to see action. And mm-hmm. we got a little pissed off when we saw that. Yeah. Um, and so we, uh, we kind of put our heads together and we came out um, with what we were – um, deemed the the CWD action initiative. Okay. Um, right. These are not all that controversial. Like we've got the science to back this up. Steps that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we need as a state to be taking. Um, and there's a list of actions that Governor Evers can take from depopulating these these deer farms that have CWD on them mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Um, double fencing to coordinating with other states um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there's there's budget items the legislature can can pass right yes and that is so we we donated a dumpster for people to to um, that was huge dispose of their carcasses mm-hmm. as past fall right we was only out for the nine day um, gun season, season. we got our dumpster specifically got 4.2 tons of carcasses wow that's a yeah. really impressive number right um unfortunately you know we can't afford as a as an organization to fund to these throughout that, yeah. the state Mm-hmm. Um, so we're asking for for five dumpsters in each county throughout the state. Mm-hmm. Um, we're asking for, you know, better, sa- you know, increased sampling, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as well as like an improved process. Right? Wisconsin doesn't have a permanent testing location. Does not. Does I think not. Pennsylvania has one. I know there's a there's a there's a doctor out there. I did, Tony Lincoln. I did a, a podcast about this gentleman. We when we talked about his five year plan, but for some reason his name is escaping me. But it's like he has an idea to be able to do a field test kit right in the spot if your deal, deer has CWD or not. Yeah, um, we'll see if that we'll see if that comes about. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, you're thinking about Doctor Bastian, by chance? There we go. Yeah. That's the gentleman right there. And so and so Bastian's. Um, He's got some ideas, but they haven't really been backed up by anybody else. Yes, um, and, th- and that's the issue with. with um, but at least, he's, at least he's taking a leap, and it's like, yeah. and it's like I'm it, all for it. If he, if, he, if more and more people right. want to jump on board and give him help to do it, let, let's do it. Yeah, and so you know, I'm not I'm not going to discredit anybody who's, who's trying to tackle this disease. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, his theories on that haven't been backed up by any other scientific agency. They can't reproduce his results. Yeah, um, and you know, CWD comes from you know is comes from a line of diseases these prion diseases like mm-hmm. um mad cow disease mm-hmm. um Jakob disease yes. that affects humans mm-hmm. um, mad cow is part of that too right. and so you know you would think that if these issues um you know were that easily to be solved everybody would be on board right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately the scientific community is saying we don't really have a great answer but the biggest thing we can do is prevent that spread yes right because if, if we can keep that confined mm-hmm. um 
we give ourselves a fighting chance until we can figure out how we're, you know how we can go about tackling this mm-hmm, disease. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, it's just going to keep spreading. And then if you do some, come up with something, well, cat's out of the bag at that point, right? Yeah, like how how are you how are you going to address that? You yeah, need you need to keep that confined because you can't capture them all. You can't shoot them all. And right. it's like I know last last fall I know Minnesota tried doing a five county just open up another yep. season after the first year and it's a free for all and such like that because right. they found it down in Forestville Minnesota which is just a few miles yeah. south of where I actually hunt so my area is in the CWD area too I didn't I yeah. didn't shoot a buck this year but my buck last year was came up negative so yeah. I was like I was happy about yep. that it was a big win there yeah and so like you know we want to get a, a, a the, the, the building that DNR harvests samples out of currently um, mm-hmm. is a leased building mm-hmm. on a piece of property that's for sale. Okay. Um, so let's create a spot where we've we, we know we, we can go. These. Let's 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 get more people there so these test results come back sooner to people. Right. Yes. Amen um, to that. Let's increase those testing locations. I was down lacrosse for an event last weekend, um, and the Ferryville was the first one that, you know, there that people could recognize. Like, yeah, where do we even get tested? And they were thinking Ferryville. I don't know if there's anyone closer at that you can think of not off the top of my head um, fairyville is how far from lacrosse not off the top of my head yeah, like 45 minutes maybe hour yeah yeah okay and there so, we go right and so let's give these people who want to test because it's knocking on the door in lacrosse county right there's yes, some there are positives right uh, at the north yep. edge of, of vernon right there mm-hmm. um so let's give those people places to s- places to sample these things um yes. let's create a response plan for mm-hmm, when a when mm-hmm. a spark pops up someplace new that you know, we're figuring out exactly what the prevalency rate is, how spread it is in that wild herd in that area. Yes. Um, and, you know, and, and let's knock down that herd a little bit mm-hmm. and, and, and get mm-hmm. a good handle on that disease and try and keep it from going anywhere, right? Um, you know, Norway, um, and, and CWD is found in Norway now. Um, mm-hmm. I know Illinois um, mm-hmm. it is as well. And Illinois has had a very um, aggressive management, and they've, d- they've done a good job keeping prevalency down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've got to start taking on those battles. Um, you know, so that's that's funding, right? Let's let's landfills aren't required in Wisconsin to accept deer carcasses. Yes. Right. Let's mandate that. It'd be right? nice. They're, they're clay lined soils. The CWD prions attach themselves very tightly to these clay li- to, to to clay soil particles. Okay. And so if it hits that bottom and hits that clay line, it's not going below that, right? It's not leaching your wa- in, in the groundwater. It's not spreading out, out outside of those things. Well, that's good news. I didn't I didn't yeah. know about that. And that's so that's music to my ears. So you pair that with right. You got you got five dumpsters in every county. Mm-hmm. So you got an easily accessible dumpster for somebody, mm-hmm. and it's going into those landfills. Th- those potential CWD positive carcasses are off that landscape, right? People mm-hmm. aren't throwing mm-hmm. them into ditches. Um, you know, you go someplace like where I live now, um, Saturday is dump day. I got to go to the dump. Well, if I come back yeah. from opening weekend and I've got a deer carcass, am I going to let it sit there for all week before I can get to the dump? Not necessarily, but if there's a dumpster open 24-7 mm-hmm. um, sure down the there? road, I can go dump it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, let's get stuff like that going. Let's let's require these double fencings. And if the deer farmers say it's too expensive, well, then let's, let's have fun so they can do that. Yeah. Let's, let's give DadCap mm-hmm. the money mm-hmm. to reimburse these farms because that's, that's the current system we have in the state is if you depopulate we got to pay them for it well let's give them the funds to do that depopulate them secure yeah. them and and take away that as a as an infection source and so those are all things that can be done in the budget this year yes and on um, top of that too it's like figuring out how to also work the budget in so when you see roadkill it could be immediately picked up yeah. and reported too because it's a great way to report it because when i was listening to that report from uh um brian and, and doug dern I was coming back from the cities, and it's like I saw four carcasses that could be easily yeah. picked up, and it's like they've been tracking it all along 52 quarter. There, it's like yeah. let's figure out, let's check these these four carcasses to find out what's going on. And but 
oddly enough, I don't think anybody did come back and claim them. You know, and you see, you start breaking down these numbers, right? So mm-hmm. annually in Wisconsin, um, deer hunting is a $1.7 billion industry. Yes, sir. Billion with a B. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and that's money that's going into these lo- these small local communities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going into that gas station that has that blaze orange um, welcome deer hunters sign that you see everywhere. Amen to that. Um, it's going into the local bars, the local mm-hmm. restaurants, local gro- grocery stores, mm-hmm. um, hotels. That's 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 where all this money is coming from. That money is generating a hundred million dollars of tax revenue to this state. Mm-hmm. We're not spending any of that on CWD. I know. So we got we got a hundred million dollars that deer hunters are are are, sp- are are paying into the state, and we're not using any of that mm-hmm. to go after this thing. With, with with the aggression that we need to, yes. um, and so let's do that, mm-hmm. right? Let's put some money. It, I mean, ten. I mean, ten million dollars is a would be ten percent of that to protect a one point seven billion dollar industry. Wow, that's impressive. That right. doesn't that doesn't sound like a lot to me. I'll gladly I'll gladly pay more taxes yeah. to do that. Well, you don't, you're already paying those taxes, yeah, exactly. right? Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's like use that funds for where, where it, what yeah. you know. Let's let's, let's protect Hands those down. resources, um, and so. You've got that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that's stuff we can do right now. So CWD Action Initiative, BHA is proud to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've got groups like Wisconsin Bowhunters Association on, Wisconsin Green Fire, mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin Wildlife Federation. Uh, we're reaching out to a bunch of other groups. Hopefully we can get some on more on board. If yeah. anybody wants to go on and check out cwdaction.com, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can sign up and say, yes, I support this as an individual. If you've got a business, if you've got a bow club, um, mm-hmm. and you, you're like, we want to support it and we want our logo on there, we'll put your logo on that page. It yeah. doesn't cost you anything to do it. Mm-hmm. You're just standing up and saying, we need to do something about this now. Yes. And the hunters have to lead that battle, right? Politicians mm-hmm. are getting away with it because we aren't calling them out. Have you, have you heard of Captains of Clean Water down there in Florida? I haven't. It's, it's, they had an issue with algae down there. It was in 2015. And it's in this group of captains, that they thought they could do it on the weekends to be able to spearhead um, Lake Okeechobee because they were having yeah. massive di- uh, die-offs. Yeah. And it's like when they really all realized like, they got to become full-time for it, and because of that, it's changed all of their yeah. whole um, uh, ecosystem of right. uh, that lake, so which is fantastic. So it's like I, it's glad to see that type of initiative, and we have the outfitters to do it here. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's 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 businesses, it's conservation, sportsmen's groups, mm-hmm. it's individuals. Real estate agents. Like it, 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 real estate should absolutely because because mm-hmm. you start seeing land prices go down, that's not good for anybody. No, um, you know, we've got individuals like Doug Duran help create this initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on board. Uh, you got guys mm-hmm. like Larry Bondi, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're getting we're getting these different groups and like, you know, again, all we're saying is, put your name here and say, we support this. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let's be involved. Um, yeah. You know, we are. Again, we don't all have a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but we've got a little bit of time, and we've got a voice. Yes, and politicians. Still America, right? Yes. Politicians got to pay attention to mm-hmm. those voices. Yes, they do. And so we got to make our voices heard. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to we got to stand up and say yes. We as uh, we as hunters are taking this seriously, mm-hmm. and we expect our politicians to as well. And let's get let's get going on this disease, right? Um, so let's get aggressive there. Um, let's do some really common sense mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that can really impact the future, right? Everything we enjoy now is a result of things that people did about 100 years ago. Yes. A little bit over 100 years ago, right? You go back mm-hmm. to Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy Roosevelt created 240 million acres himself of public lands mm-hmm. that we all get to enjoy. Um, Surprised we're knocking on what he never got assassinated for because at that point in time, there's a lot of people that hated that. He Republican. got shot. Yeah, he was shot at. That's correct. He got shot. Yeah. He got shot, and then he went on to give, after he got shot, they said, you should need to go to the hospital. He's like, no, I'm fine. 
He did an hour and a half speech afterwards. Yes, and then he went and then saw sought yeah. me- medical attention. Yeah, and so like, you know, guys like that in the 1930s, like you look at Wisconsin. I I, I think the numbers roughly there were about 10,000 deer in Wisconsin in the mm-hmm. 1930s, mm-hmm. right? We had harvested, you know, unregulated harvest of deer. Um, between that and like the market hunting that was going on prior to that, mm-hmm. um, and all the elk too that we once upon a time yeah. had too as well. Right. And so we 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 had knocked these populations down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Poswitz, if you ever heard a podcast with Jim Poswitz on it, um, he's a conservation legend, right? He's in. I think he's I'm in. Gonna in to, I'm going to look him up, and I think he's in his binge list. Yeah, to him. I, I think he's in his 80s now, um, mm-hmm. but he's from Wisconsin originally. Okay, grew up in the Sheboygan area, mm-hmm. you know, and he talks about it as a as a Boy Scout um, when they had the, the younger scouts come to camp. Somebody had gotten him a deer hoof, and he would go out and he would hand print this deer hoof into the mud and the dirt, and so that at night they could go out and track a deer. And they had, um, you know, they had a, a head mount, and somebody would lean around a tree when those campers got close, so they could say they saw a deer. Okay. Right. That's what we're talking about. And that was just in the 30s. Wow. Thirties, forties, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Th- it was. Wasn't all the living here w- at that point in time as well? Yeah, Aldo was back by then. Mm-hmm. Aldo came back mm-hmm. in the in the, the I think the earlier mid '30s, um, or Aldo came to Wisconsin, and and so, you know, all these actions that people took ahead of us is mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. we know what it is, right? I challenge anybody in Wisconsin to go for a half an hour drive at the end of the day in summer, and tell me you didn't see a deer. Well, uh, shoot, on Friday night we were heading down to from from Lacrosse all the right. way down to the Wisconsin border. I think I probably saw well over a hundred deer. And uh, and a lot of pheasants too. So it's like our population is healthy. Yeah, and so it's we we got to keep it healthy, right? And mm-hmm. the, the actions that people took and the sacrifices they made back then is why we know what we know yeah, today. Yeah, yes. And we've got to recognize that we've got to we've got to realize that we as hunters need to lead on these issues, mm-hmm. and we need to make sacrifices today so that hundred years down the line, people will never meet, enjoy the same things we did, right? It's mm-hmm, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of conservation, right? The the definition of con- conservation, at least according to Gifford Pinchot, is um, the greatest good for the greatest number. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and Teddy Roosevelt expounded upon that. He said that greatest number, yes, is for those still yet in the womb of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they were thinking not just their kids; they were thinking, you know, everyone yet to come mm-hmm, should be able mm-hmm. to enjoy these things, be able to be able to uh, experience what we did, have those places to go. Um, you know, where where you find your resolve, where you yeah. find your um, your mental break and stuff like that. And so, you know, that, that's that's what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. we're uh, we're a volunteer board, man. Um, we spend our time doing this, our our free time, and mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. preaching preaching the word. And so, you know, CWD obviously big issue. Yes. Um, you have another issue that you want to discuss? Do. Too? I'll do one. I'll do one quick if you got do time. it. Do it. So Knowles Nelson Stewardship Fund. I don't think we've touched on this. We yet. have not. Um, so Knowles Nelson Stewardship Fund. This is a big one, right? This is Wisconsin's. Um, land and Water Conservation Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 1989, Wisconsin said, you know, every year we're going to have this much money to fund these projects that um, improve or increase access. Okay. Um, and so this is to, to waters and to um, mm-hmm. public lands. It's put they, The funds go to put in boat launches, um, conservation easements mm-hmm. that maybe connect a couple pieces, pieces of public land. Mm-hmm. Those conservation mm-hmm. easements, um, so they, they stay private lands, Open, open for the public to use, mm-hmm. and they remain open for um, the timber industry, right? So you're keeping those jobs in those places. Right? Mm-hmm. This is a mm-hmm. huge thing. Um, again, which is great to maintain our population of grouse. Right. When uh, Hal Herrick was up north, he mentioned about that how important the lumber industry is to Wisconsin yeah. and Minnesota, and it also benefits have those wildlife. Young that new growth. Yeah, you got to have those young forests, and so, um, so that's that's set to expire here in 2020, um, and it's, it's been reauthorized twice before for 10 years. Um, again. 
we feel Governor Evers fell short on this one. Mm-hmm. He said just do just do a two year re- um, reauthorization. We said no, give us ten because these projects that the, these um, groups work on and match with um, private donor money mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as um, federal money to try and improve our access right and keep those public lands open and keep uh-huh. the public waters open. Yes. Um, they they take time. They take years. They they take that certainty. So let's not put a hard stop on this. Mm-hmm. We're not saying it's a perfect program, but certainly let's make this program stronger. But let's put a hard like to put a hard stop on something that important mm-hmm. um, causes mm-hmm. a whole lot of issues and, and really hurts the access in this state. And so um, let's keep those places. Yes, um, I let's agree. Let's keep that fund up and let's let's work through the issues. But let's reauthorize that for another ten years. Give those people the certainty. Right. We're just saying maintain the funds at what they're at. We're not asking for a whole mm-hmm. much more money. Mm-hmm. We're saying let's, let's maintain those funds where they're at. Um, let's do 10 years, give them certainty to work on this, and then let's hammer out those issues that, that some people may have with mm-hmm. the program and make it a stronger program and, and something that continues to go, right? That that yeah. that fund polls at, like, 90% approval, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it does. Ameri- like, Wisconsinites want this, mm-hmm. and so we got to speak up and say, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, it's it's we got we to gotta, we gotta pull the, you know, we, the people lead the politicians, man, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um and so we, we've got to make our voices heard, and we've got to do that, because if we don't, mm-hmm. somebody else will. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so there's that common phrase, and I've heard it from a number of people. Um, if, you're not, uh, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Yes, that's very true. And we are the few, or excuse me, we are the many, they are the few. So we, exactly. need, we need that assistance to be able to maintain it. Because I know Steve Ranella and uh, Randy Newberg are big proponents of actually making this a, a permanent thing for centuries to come in the future. To maintain. Well, so, so the Land One Conservation Fund got reauthorized. Because yes. of, because of uh, you know different groups standing up and, mm-hmm. and speaking out right, so that's mm-hmm. that's the land and water conservation fund is the federal type federal fund. Senate, yes. Um, the Knowles Nelson, let's do ten years, um, and let's let's get that reauthorized right. Yes. Let's get that done. I would love to see it permanently. That would be that would um, be fantastic. But let's stick we'll stick with ten for now. Right? Yes. Let's, give, let's keep it palatable. Yeah. Let's do you know we've we've done it for the previous times. Um, mm-hmm. And let's just keep improving that program and and keep working it. Um, and let's get those ten years. R- you know, reauthorize, maintain um, our transparency with the whole thing, because that's ag- that's that's what it keeps us. Why it pulls so high, maintaining yeah. that over the last twenty years. Let's keep it for another yeah. thirty. Yeah. So let's. I mean, like we we've we've got to speak up and, and talk out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we met with legislators to talk about all those issues we just covered, um, and we encourage everybody to, to contact the legislature, especially mm-hmm. now as the budget mm-hmm. process is going on. Um, let's hammer those things. Let's get those things reauthorized, um, mm-hmm. and and let's just keep moving forward. Right. There's a lot of issues that that got to be tackled. I agree, um, and and it's not going to be a, a an, an overnight deal on a lot of them, um, especially like Ooh. CWD. But yes, um, and the railroad law is going to be a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we're in the fight. Um, we're spending we're spending our time as we can, you, you know. And, and everybody's got, you know, everybody has their own time restraints, right? So yes, um, you know, step up and join an organization like BHA, mm-hmm. um, and make your voice heard through that. You know, they, that amplifies our voice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got some time. Let us know. We've got we 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 need as much help as we can get, right? If you if you want to volunteer some time, you want to do mm-hmm, some things mm-hmm. in your area, um, let us know. You know, you want to work on public lands, you want to um, talk to your politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, we we you know if there's an issue going on, we'll send out form letters, and all you gotta do is type in your name. Like take those three minutes out of your day, type your mm-hmm. name, call your legislator. Um, those are important important things to do because they le- they do listen, they do make an impact. Like it's yes. not writing it's letters a, is, it's, is it's, key. it's not always it's not always um, all right. It's not sexy. It's not fun. Um, all the time, but the you know three to five minutes make a huge impact, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. um, you know when you see those, 
you know, send those out, forward those on, um, yes. let everybody know, especially social media, right? He's huge, right? Yes. You know, share that on your Facebook, share mm-hmm. that on your mm-hmm. uh, on your Instagram, and, and get involved, get in that fight. Um, we're privileged to have these fights because of what people did a hundred years ago. Yes. Um, and so we're privileged to have these opportunities because we might we might not know what deer hunting is otherwise. You know, we mm-hmm. might not know mm-hmm. what turkey hunting is otherwise. Yes. Um, and so, you know, you've gotta you've gotta recognize that mm-hmm. you've gotta realize that mm-hmm. you know it's our responsibility now. Like we're we're here, we're th- we're in the now. Um, it's our job to make sure that somebody else has those privileges yes. to fight for these issues going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you do what you can, man. It's, uh, it's a great group of people, um, you know, and there's a lot of great organizations that are, that are working to get these things done. And we mm-hmm. just got to keep, you know, pound those walls, shake those cages, wake people up, and mm-hmm. um, let's, let's reestablish ourselves as leaders in the conservation community. Hands down. And I just like big warm welcome for TJ Haugie here for being part of us for today from BHA. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And we got to reach out to uh, Matthews here because it lets the this is Pat's trading folks. Yeah, it just lets a uh, park behind their their yeah. uh, their uh, booth here and lets us do this podcast. And it's like, and as you can hear, we're at the Wisconsin uh, Outdoor Life Expo, so it's great. So, th- any, do you have any? Uh, do you want do you want to mention anything? Name drops? No, right man. Now? I'll just uh, I'll plug us quick, right? Be- Backcountry hunters and anglers, um, mm-hmm. sportsman's voice for wild places, wild lands. Uh, mm-hmm. Public lands, public waters, and wildlife. So backcountryhunters.org um, is mm-hmm. where you can find out more about us. Yeah. Check out different podcasts. Um, yes. That that like the Hal Herring podcast, the mm-hmm. BHA specific podcast. You want to hear more? Check yes, us sir. out on Facebook, uh, Wisconsin Chapter Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Yeah. And uh, Instagram thank you as well. And Instagram yeah. as well. And thank you so much for having yeah. us on, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was it was a very warm. Uh, it's like it's like it's just one of those things near dear to my yeah, heart. And it's like I want to keep the good message going. It's like I just want to keep. I want to go to Minnesota, talk to their chapter, Wisconsin, yeah. Illinois, especially in Illinois in the infancy stage. We yeah. got to try to bi- continue recruiting them. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, we can get you in touch with those boys. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, thank you everybody for toning in, and you guys have a great year.